Well, today we are talking uh, about BLESS, five ways to love our neighbors. And as you can see, BLESS is an acronym. And uh, what it stands for is also on the screen. So let's say those together, shall we? Begin with prayer, listen with care, eat together, serve in love, share your stories. Now, of course, these are ways that we build all relationships, right? But we're specifically looking about how we build relationships with people who may be living far from God, who may not yet know Jesus, may not be con currently connected to a church. Um, the last couple Sundays, we focused on the first two letters, begin with prayer and listen with care. Today, is all about eat together. But I thought it might be good to back up and do a little review before we move on. So I want to say, first of all, that bless is not about pressuring people to come to church. Obviously, there may be a point after you build some trust with someone, you realize it's, this is the right time, an opportunity to, to, uh, to invite someone to your church, and they may be eager to go, but getting people in the door of this building is not the main focus. And your job's not to convert anybody, so kind of take that pressure off your shoulders because God's already at work in this person's life. You just do your part. Pray for them, listen to them, eat with them, serve them, look for opportunities to share what, what God is doing in your life and let God do the heavy lifting because God's the only one who can change someone's heart. And I know some of you say... Uh, you know, <laughs> I, who could I have a blessed relationship with like that because everybody I know is already a Christian. Well, I can understand your dilemma. We pastors kind of get into that pretty easily. I mean, I came to Omaha to be your pastor. The last seven and a half years, you have been my life. Who else do I know? That's why begin with prayer sometimes starts with asking God to open up our world. Lord, open up my life. Open up my world. I said a couple of weeks ago that, um, maybe didn't say it quite like this, but I am a dues-paying, card-carrying member of the Great Plains Bluegrass and Old Time Music Association. You didn't even know there was one, did you? Last Sunday, we listened to a, a band play for about an hour, and then we broke up into different uh, jam circles, and we, we uh, played for a couple hours together. It was a lot of fun. And I feel very welcome there, but I also realize that when I'm there, I've got to put, a, I've got to put forth a little effort. You know, to, to meet, my, meet people, introduce myself, talk to them. And, um, you know, maybe it, all that ever happens is that I meet some really good people and we enjoy the music together. And if that's all that ever happens, it's great. It's worth it. But, I, but if God opens the door to a blessed relationship, I want to be ready. Um, the last few Sundays, we've been handing out these blessed packets. So, and I know some of you probably haven't been here, you didn't get one before. So if you didn't get one, would you just raise your hand because our ushers want to make sure you get them. And uh, yeah, we've got some, one, some over here and here. So just, just well, make sure that you get one. Even if you're just visiting here today, you can have one, it's great. Um, and uh, the, the outside of the page, the outside page is folded, and then you've got half sheets inside. Um, and uh, 
you'll see in the, in the large sheet here is the letter B and for, for begin with prayer. And on the right side of that, you'll see the uh, tear-off bookmark. Um, and so I would invite you sometime today, if you can, before you leave, uh, write a few first names down on this, on this outside tear-off bookmark. And, uh, and you can turn it in. Here's, here's a display that we've got. Oh, you can see it up on the screen here. Yeah. Uh, uh, in the foyer, between the foyer and fellowship hall, kind of across from the coffee bar in front of those stools, is this display and we probably have 90 to 100 people who have already turned in their bookmark. Uh, they're saying, these are people I'm praying for, and I want to have, I'm looking for God to help me to have a blessed relationship with them. Uh, so I would say, any time today or any other time here in this month, feel free to add yours. Uh, we've got some double stick tape there, so just, you know, tear it off and stick it on yourself if you would. And, uh, and then you'll say, well, what do I pray? Um, you know, for one person, uh, I'm praying that someday he will be a leader for Christ. I mean, I see the little seeds of faith in him or the potential, but I just have a vision, an idea for him that he will be, he will be a leader for Christ someday. There's another person, I'm just praying for ways that God open up ways for me to get to know him better and to develop a relationship of trust. For another person, I'm praying that God will stir up in her some spiritual curiosity. I think it's sort of latent there, but it's just not out yet. And, and why do we pray? We pray for them because people need what only Jesus can give. People need what only Jesus can give. Uh, only Jesus can give you a new birth. Only Jesus can give you a, a complete forgiveness. Only Jesus can give you a love that will not let you go. Only Jesus can give you an assurance of eternal life. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, uh, Simon Peter says this about Jesus. He says, salvation is found in no one else. People need what only Jesus can give. That's why we pray. Pray that, that they'll not only come to trust him, but they'll also come to trust you. Because you're one of those weird Jesus-type people, right? And it may be hard for them to, to trust you at first. Pray that God will soften their hearts. Pray that they will take even just a, a step toward Christ. And then we listen with care. You know, sometimes there's no better way to love someone than to listen to them. Isn't that right? Some of you, I know, you have workplace environments where, you know, there's some pretty strict rules about, you know, what you can say, what you can talk about as far as faith, religion, church. But a person who listens is always welcome. And then we come to the letter E. Um, Dave Ferguson, I've, I've seen him on video, he may be the person who originated the BLESS acronym. Anyway, he says this about eat together. He says, it's not quick. You have to have a meal with people or a cup of coffee. It builds relationships. One of my blessed friends, uh, he and I went out for barbecue late uh, recently and kind of went a little long, but it was a, it was a t powerful conversation. Uh, and another time, and this has been a while back, he and his girlfriend came over to our house and we had dinner together. 
um, last summer, I remember um, he, he met Trish and me for uh, lunch after church on Sunday. I had invited him to come to church too, but he passed on that. That, that that's, that's okay. I mean, he knows we love him. We, we pray for him. Jesus loved to eat with people. I mean, you read through the Gospels. I mean, it's like, you know, he's a traveling taster, you know. He just, he just meeting with people and eating with people. And the religious leaders despised him for some of the people he would eat with, especially people like tax collectors who got rich by overcharging folks. Please open your Bible to Luke chapter 19. If you're using the Pew Bible, you'll see it on page 1052. Uh, and if you're here today and you wish you had a readable Bible of your own at home and you don't, I would just say take the Pew Bible home. You can have it. You can keep it. We're... we're it's a blessing to us for you to, to have it. Uh, now, the first few verses of Luke chapter 19 tell about Jesus entering the city of Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. Uh, and as Jesus and his friends walk into Jericho, I mean, people are coming out of their homes and out of their businesses because everybody wants to get a glimpse of this miracle-working prophet teacher. And one of them who wants to get a look is a vertically challenged tax collector named Zacchaeus. Now the tree that he climbed was not the, the tall, strong tree that we know around here as the sycamore. Those are majestic trees, aren't they? The sycamore fig was a much shorter tree with low branches that made it easier to get started climbing up. So let's start with verse 5, if you'll follow along with me. It said, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up. Now, one thing about Jesus he noticed people, right? He looked up, he noticed people. I know this seems obvious, but before we can love our neighbors, we have to notice them. That's what Jesus did. It says he looked up and said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. No one else wanted to go to Zacchaeus' house for dinner. No one else wanted to stay at Zacchaeus' house, but Jesus did. You know, it might seem kind of strange etiquette for us to, for Jesus to invite himself over, but it wasn't really quite so strange back in those days. And, and, and by this, Jesus shows him acceptance. Jesus makes a personal connection with him. He affirms Zacchaeus' worth. Now, we come to verse 8, if you're looking there. The most natural way to read this is, is that they are seated for dinner. It says, but Zacchaeus stood up. So here's what I think. They're all seated for dinner, Zacchaeus and his tax collector friends, Jesus and his disciples. Zacchaeus stands up, and here's how I imagine it. That he rushes off to his bedroom, and he comes back with two bulging bags of money. He holds one bag up and says, Lord, look, here I now I give half my possessions to the poor, he holds the other bag up and says, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. God was at work in his heart. All Jesus did was love him and bless him and sit at his table with him. Never underestimate what God can do through the blessing of of a shared meal. You know, the only miracle 
in the, in, that's recorded, the only miracle of Jesus that's recorded in all four Gospels besides the resurrection is about a meal. It's when Jesus feeds the 5,000 with a few loaves and fish. It was a mealtime miracle. And when Jesus wanted to make a way for us to intimately experience him, even when he was physically gone, he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them. He gave thanks over the cup and he gave it to them. Communion is a mealtime miracle. I want to invite up uh, Jacob and Mary Dotzler. Yeah, Jacob and Mary, if you'll come on up. Uh, most of you, I know, have not met them yet. They are on staff with a, one of our mission partners, Abide. And uh, uh, Abide is a network of metro area churches, thank you, uh, of all various denominations. And uh, we, we serve together in North Omaha. And uh, through Abide, Faith Westwood sponsors a little neighborhood about two blocks worth on both sides of the streets, maybe about 25 homes, something in that range. Well, Jacob and Mary live there. And they are um, appointed, they're on staff too, <laughs> but they're sort of the lighthouse uh, how people on, in that neighborhood. So anyway, uh, if you would just start us, tell us a little bit about who you are. Sure. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Well, I'm Jacob. Um, I'm from a small white town in northeast Iowa, and I've been in Omaha for about five years. Uh, my, my uncle Ron actually started Abide, and so after I moved here, I felt a, a passion and a calling to move into the neighborhood and into the community um, to help make a difference as well. Yeah. yeah, and I'm from a small white town in Colorado, so um, I actually got introduced to Abide through a mission trip. I was involved in a young adult group, and we came to work with Abide for a week. And that's actually how I met Jacob. Um, but before I fell in love with him, I fell in love with the ministry. So um, I told him they couldn't get rid of me. And um, I quickly moved to Omaha about three years ago. And then we fell in love, and it's been history ever so since. Jacob, that's <laughs> not quite the story that you tell. No, I say she came back for me, but uh, yeah. <laughs> she tells a little different. <laughs> well, uh, we're glad you're here. And you, I noticed both of you said from a small white town as if to draw a contrast <laughs> to the neighborhood that God has put you in now. Yeah, yeah, also to, I'm sure there are plenty of you that came from small white towns as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What does it mean that you're a lighthouse mm -hmm. there in the neighborhood? Yeah. Well, first, we believe that Jesus uh, wasn't lying when he said, you know, love your neighbor. So we want to be intentional with that as well. And we do that in three ways. Uh, the first way is to connect, so we just connect relationally with them, get to know them. Then the second is care for them, so we try to meet a need if they have a need, um, continuously pray for them, um, invite them over, find out um, any struggles or difficulties they're having, and then we call them, so we want to call them higher as well. Um, they may not be connected to a church or even, even know who Jesus is, but we want to build a seed and plant a seed that there's a hope and a um, a greater life that they can have um, in this guy named Jesus. So. Yeah, and to be a lighthouse, I mean, it's just to be um, a person intentional about loving your neighbors. You could easily be a lighthouse in your neighborhood. You don't have to be in North Omaha. <laughs> yeah. So, sounds to me like you're 
doing a lot of these blessed kind of things. Yeah. What, are, what are you doing like that? Sure. Well, we could definitely highlight all of them, but since we're on Eat Together, we'll focus on that. Um, one of the first things we started doing as a way to connect with our neighbors, we have a lot of young kids from like three years old to eighth graders that um, are the majority of our interactions in our neighborhood. And um, one of the best ways that we've connected with them is keeping snacks in our house. Mm. And so they know that when we go to the grocery store, we bring food home specifically for them. It's usually like fruit snacks or something simple. So that as soon as they see us coming home, Mary Jacob, can we have some fruit snacks? Can we have some chocolate chips? They're just yeah. always trying to come over. And we have a couple girls that live next door that will um, come over all of the time and um, will help me prepare dinner. And that has been incredible because they don't have the background um, or family members or anything that are teaching them how to cook. So it's been really cool to show them this is how you prepare whatever, and then they get to enjoy the meal that they worked hard for. Wow. It's been really cool. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun, too. And I imagine these parents, they trust you. They, yeah. they, they know you, and it's okay for their kids to sure. come over, and that's, that's a lot of trust right there yeah. as well. Um, what, what kind of... I mean, I imagine some of this you get into is not what, quite what you expected, <laughs> and maybe a little more in the way of sacrifice sure. and even suffering in that sacrifice. What, what would that be like? Yeah. Well, as uh, Christians, I feel like um, you're constantly laying your life down for other people. Um, and so with that, we say we want to be a bridge for people to walk all over us to get to Jesus. And so that's one ac aspect of sacrificing. Um, we give a lot of time and energy. Um, just make it um, not about us, you know. We want to put ourselves last and put our neighbors first mm -hmm. um, as much as possible. So we try to look for those yeah. opportunities to do that. Yeah, it's super tangible, just like instead of sitting in front of the TV exhausted, when the kids come knock on the door, when you see them playing outside, go and say hello. Go and throw the basketball around. It's, it's really simple, but um, another sacrifice, I think, um, we chose to live in North Omaha. Um, there's a lot of people that don't have that privilege and opportunity to choose that. Um, so we've, we've seen a good amount of brokenness, and um, I think when, in our situation, um, when you have your heart so opened to these people and these, your friends, and you see them going through tragedies, your heart breaks for them. And so um, even though I'm not going through what they're going through, I'm going through it with them. So I'm really, we suffer with them. But um, one thing I did want to highlight as well, um, a lot of people think that when you move to North, North Omaha, you're sacrificing your safety. And um, that's something a lot of people stress. And um, the truth is, there's no safer place in the world than in the middle of God's will. And I believe we are completely safe because we are right where God wants us to be. Good. Um, where have you seen God at work through your time? You, how, how long have you been doing this? Uh, so we've been in this lighthouse specifically almost two years, okay. and then I've been in, the, in a lighthouse for almost five years. Yep. Yeah. Well, and you know, in this lighthouse, I remember a year ago, August, I was there. We went door to door and brought cookies to mm -hmm. people and, and uh, you know, asked, is there anything need that you want us to pray for? We did that. Last year, we, I went and we, uh, we had a, a kind of a neighborhood cookout and meal, and that yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah. 
but what, what have you really seen God, where have you seen God at work? Yeah. Um, for a lot, of the, a lot of the family members in this community, they are just single family homes, just one parent, um, either mom or dad. And so what I was really looking forward to was getting the, the opportunity to be a really good uh, Christian and married um, family so going into yeah. it. Um, and so a lot of times at church, before we actually got married and lived together, because we didn't live together until we got married, a lot of the kids thought that was totally weird, and they say, why aren't you guys living together? It doesn't make any sense. Um, and so once we got married and we lived together, um, I think they understood why we did that and what the importance of, of that was. So. At least a little bit. At least yeah. a little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, um, I remember a couple incident instances where we were hanging out mostly with the kids, and Jacob and I got in a disagreement, as married people do, but it wasn't a big deal at all. I don't even remember what it was about, no. but um, our the kids that were with us braced themselves and prepared to have to be sent home and us get in this big screaming match and it be a big deal, but in like 30 seconds it was resolved and it was fine and we moved on and um, the kids looked at us and said, that's it? Yeah. You're done? It's over? They were hoping for a big show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just being an example of this is how you can deal with conflict and this is what a healthy relationship will look like and um, hopefully spurring them on to, oh, I, I want that someday. I don't mm-hmm. have to live yeah. in tragedy. Yeah, that's great. Um, now, just so you know, uh, we n- will normally have opportunities to serve in this neighborhood with Jacob and Mary uh, on second Saturdays in the morning. And so we've got one coming up in April on the 14th, I believe, which is the second Saturday. And it's the annual cleanup day. You saw a group that went a couple of years ago to that. So um, if you want to talk to Jacob and Mary about this after the service, they're going to have a little table set up. They've got a little table set up in the foyer, and you can go talk to them. And also talk to Darren Timberlake. Uh, Darren's our missions director, and uh, he's kind of heading up the charge for that uh, morning serve time. And, you know, just go and, and learn and be a blessing and, you know, get get your toe in the water so yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> anyway we want to have a, a prayer for them to bless them right now pardon me and uh, <clears throat> so if you would our tradition is kind of to raise a hand toward them it's like laying on hands from a distance and uh, we're just going to pray over you okay <clears throat> oh Lord God uh, what a great thing you did to call Jacob and Mary uh, to this neighborhood just to be a sign of your love and an expression of your grace. Lord, we pray that you will just anoint their, anoint that love and their, their mission there. As, they, as the kids are drawn to their house and as they, they witness what they, how they live, that, that they'll, they'll have a hope for their lives that maybe wasn't there before. And for, Lord, for all the people, the the adults and the parents and grandparents that are, that are living there too, that more and more, Lord, let that trust develop. Let that hope um, just take root and that, that the whole neighborhood, they would begin to just more and more bless each other and be connected to one another and, and uh, look out for one another. And, and uh, Jesus, we pray that you will draw them into a life with you. We pray in, in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, thank you all. Thank Thank you. you.
Okay, so what I, what I need you to do now is uh, to uh, take out that blessed packet again and look for the one that has the letter E for eat together. Um, yeah, kind of reddish looking one and then there's some letters, uh, words down in red below. So I'm going to just read that and have you follow along with me. To bless others, seek creative ways to share meals together. Through the simple act of eating together, we practice hospitality, build community, and deepen relationships. Jesus commonly ate and drank with those he sought to engage, such as Matthew, Zacchaeus, the Samaritan woman, and many others. We can richly bless others through missional hospitality. And then on the back, on the flip side, it gives you uh, uh, some suggestions. You might try, like organizing a neighborhood block party, uh, which could be a lot of fun, or just very simple things, like going out for coffee or having somebody over for a salad lunch or going and grab a burger together. And I know you people. You can do this. You're good at eating. I've, I've seen you. Uh, and, and uh, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to give you a minute to just jot down uh, any ideas that come to you about the people you want to have a blessed relationship with. What might be a natural, really good opportunity for you to eat with someone? So just jot it down. If you don't have your blessed packet with you, you can just jot it down on the back of your bulletin. Um, but just think about it and pray about it here. Just for I'm going to give you about a minute. So take a little time. I know it's just a minute, but hopefully it gets you started thinking about it. And maybe you'll say, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to this. And so you'll take it home. And before you go to bed tonight, maybe, you know, think about it again. Say, what could I do? What would be a good way to be a blessing to someone just by, just by eating with them? I want to end by sharing with you a story uh, from a guy named Jay Pathak. He's the co-author of a book called The Art of Neighboring. Anyway, Jay had been on staff at a large church in the Midwest, and one of his duties on staff was to uh, put on these really big events that would be good for the people of the church to invite others to. And one of the, the events that he helped uh, put on and coordinated was a concert. And they, they, they brought in a well-known band, and they, they rented, uh, you know, lights and a smoke machine and laser kind of things, and and uh, Jay thought, wow, you know, we've got a big venue here. We're going to have a couple thousand people here. Well, the night of the, of the concert, you know, shortly before it started, there were only about 25. 
And so Jay got on the phone. He was calling a bunch of people, hey, bring anybody you can. And so they ended up with about 200, which was really still very puny when you've got a place for a couple thousand or more. And it was very discouraging for, for Jay. Anyway, shortly after that, um, uh, Jay and his wife, Danielle, were getting ready to host their, their church small group at their apartment. And, uh, you know, it had been kind of a long day. Jay was pretty tired, so he calls up Danielle and said, hey, what if we just have a meal tonight and not really do a lesson or a study? And Danielle, Danielle said, that'll be fine. And so... Um, you know, she was going to call everybody and have them just kind of bring some food for a potluck meal. Uh, so Jay drives home and uh, comes into the apartment, and there are all these people he doesn't know. I mean, some of them he knows from a group, but then there's a bunch of other people he doesn't know who they are, and they're wandering around his apartment and then going into his kitchen, and then they're sitting on his couch, and, and there's even some guy he doesn't know who's playing his guitar. What's, this, what's the idea, you know, playing my guitar? Anyway, so he goes to Danielle and says, where are all these people come from? And she says, well, I just decided to make it a party and I invited a bunch of our neighbors in the apartment building over. And, um, and as it turned out, that kind of led to some discussion and, and the people from their small group got to know people in their apartment. And uh, one of the neighbors says, you know, I, I've watched in the past and every, every week on this evening I see people that they kind of shuffle in and then they, later they shuffle out and I've always wondered what those people are doing. And another person said, yeah, we, we hear music every week and laughing and I wondered what am I missing out on? Well, that was the day that Jay and Danielle began to discover who their neighbors really were. He says, you know, we don't need to invite them to a big event because they're already here. We just need to open the door of our apartment and welcome them in. And over the next few weeks, as they got to know their neighbors more, they found that one of them was struggling with an addiction. And they kind of walked with him until he could begin a path of recovery. There was another couple that were really having a hard time in their marriage on the verge of divorce. And, you know, Jay and Danielle aren't counselors, but they, they were just a sounding board. They began to be good listeners. And then there were a lot of other people, just, you know, ordinary people who live around there that they got to know. And I thought, what an interesting way that all this began. Who knows what God can do? when we just share a meal together. Who knows what God can do when we eat together? Let's pray. Well, Lord God, what a simple but beautiful thing to, uh, that you've given us this opportunity, these opportunities to show hospitality, to, uh, to welcome others around a table to join us, whether it's our table or theirs or a restaurant or a little coffee shop or wherever, Lord, just give us the vision. Jesus, you seem to know the power of eating with people, so help us to recognize it too and to watch for what you are already doing, that we can just come along and be a blessing to it. So, Lord, we thank you for this uh, great opportunity that just really falls into what we love to do so naturally. In your name we pray. Amen.